1: Looking for strategies to help you protect your portfolio in these uncertain times? Visit RobBlack.com. RobBlack.com, powered by EP Wealth. It's
2: going to be an interesting day on Wall Street. The Fed is in a hot seat with banks struggling with depositors to feel secure. With lending probably tightening it up because of the first statement of banks struggling with depositors to keep secure their mandates and their covenants. You have some natural slowing down, but you also have some unnatural slowing down. But the Fed has kind of broken something by moving rates too far too fast. And some bad bankers made some mistakes. You think you make mistakes investing? They do too. So it's going to be an interesting day when the Fed talks People listen. Chair Jerome Powell is in the hot seat today. He makes an interest rate decision with global ramifications. The Fed's going to need to decide whether to continue raising rates to combat still soaring inflation or to ease and take a little pressure off the banks. Yesterday, the NASDAQ was up 1.5%. The SP 500 was up 1.3%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average up just under 1%. 10 year Treasury sits at 3.6%. GameStop was a winner winner chicken dinner after reporting a first uh, positive earnings quarter in two years. Sitting uh, up 48% so far this year. Whoa. 800, 516, 1220 calls on the air. Yesterday, Google stepped into the AI game for a second time, hopefully better than the last time. Microsoft has been throwing down the rabbit like speed ai chatbot this ai chatbot that ai chatbot on bing ai chatbot there google they've limited it just to bard and select us and uk users they plan to open it up to more people going forward there is a wait list like it's ai competitor chat gpt bard can answer your questions in a human-like conversational tone but Google's rolled out their technology more methodically than Microsoft, a stressing scenario for Google employees and for Google users, Google investors, because it feels like Microsoft is far in the lead. Misinformation is a big concern with AI. And it's not lost on me that you can get kind of goofy with the whole information and information out. And if you take, for instance, 10 years of news and you feed an AI program information of like all the Rambo movies where John Rambo hates Russia. And then you ask the AI chatbot, you know, what should we do to Russia? It may come back and say, nuke them. Rambo says nuke. If that's the only thing it knows, that might be the answer. Now you throw in the information like, oh, yeah, the Americans have uh, fallen asleep and their passwords for their nuke codes are here. And suddenly Chatbot knows that, like it's it's really gonna be, how shall we say, it, a driving creative force on Wall Street, but a driving creative force in cinema as well. You will see artificial intelligent movies become a thing because they're in the back of our head now. Yes, A LA school shut down and support Staff Strike. I don't know how I feel about this. Hey. Ultimately, I think, why are you doing this to the kids? But I guess you have to. Uh, the union representing the Los Angeles Unified School District support workers, 30,000 of them, began a three-day strike yesterday, giving more than 500,000 K through 12 students basically a snow day. The union is seeking a 30 percent pay bump for its members, whose average salary is $25,000 a year, and a $2 hourly raise for the lowest-paid workers over the next four years. So far, the district's offered 23 percent and a 3 percent cash-in-hand bonus. Teachers walked off in solidarity for the support workers yesterday. Again, I get it. I get the low pay. I don't get the student's angle. Just telling you. We need kids educated. Let's move on. Home prices fell for the first time in over a decade. Deflation has finally come for the housing market. For the first time in 131 months, the median home price in the United States fell on an annual basis. median price for an existing home in February dropped two-tenths of a percent. Two-tenths of 1%. That doesn't really count as falling, does it? That's like a scotch. That's like a drop. It. That's like a bucket. It's just a dead teeny, tiny, teeny, tiny drop in the bucket, right? That's what it is. Home sales surged 14% in January because there's just not a lot of inventory. Even the higher interest rates people are able to work with. But there's just not a lot of inventory. Secretary... Uh, Treasury. Jenny Elliott said yesterday, that "The decision backstop depositors in Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank when the institutions collapse was necessary to safeguard the banking ecosystem, and that similar actions would be warranted if other smaller banks face comparable bank runs." There's been a lot of talk about raising the FDIC insurance over 250k. Uh, it's insurance. It's something. It's a product that has to be paid for. White claw is releasing another black cherry flavored option to leave in the bottom of the core. <laughs> Funny, right? Yeah. Okay. White claw was a big thing. Don't know what happened in 2020. Tito's vodka originally crafted its founder's backyard, unseated big name rivals to become the best selling vodka in the United States. Now <clears throat> Mike's hard lemonade is a player of into vodka to find a growth outside the saturated seltzer market. A lot of new products. That's what I'm getting at. Wall Street's all about products, and it can be about White Claw as well. When you think semiconductors, you think Intel, you think NVIDIA. When you think artificial intelligence semiconductors, you think NVIDIA. Like, there's ways of seeing product in your, in your eyeballs uh, that equal financial investment ideas. The vodka industry sales remained flat last year at 7.2 billion while ready to drink cocktails were the fastest growing category up 35%. I'll, I'll drink to that. So, yep. If there was a fear of the Fed moment so far, it's not showing its face on Wall Street. Will it today when the Fed meeting's over? Good question. Rising market rates are looked as a comforting factor at the point since they were viewed as a scare factor about the banking crisis when they were screaming lower. So we've recovered from where we were when Silicon Valley Bank fell apart. The markets have digested it. The fear came into the the treasury markets, the 10-year treasury. 4% roughly down to three and a half percent. And slowly it's been recovering back towards four telling you that we can do this. We can digest this. My expectation is that fed chairman Powell will be very noncommittal about the path ahead. Emphasizing that there's an unusually wide range of outcomes to take into account. He'll say something along the lines that the fed nonetheless believes it has the tools to provide the liquidity needed to keep credit flowing in the banking system. So I, I think he has to toe this one correctly. Most people expect 25 basis points today. day. Anything more or less would be a surprise. The median is all that matters today. In my opinion, as the Market Digest, Nike's fiscal third quarter results, they just don't feel as important. Some hotter than expected inflation data out of the U.K., surprise profit report out of GameStop. And again, the Fed Open Market Committee meeting concludes today, and trying to bring inflation back to two percent is going to be the, the story that drives everything. But there's some other ancillary things. Strength today in healthcare, information, tech, materials, weakness in real estate, communication, services, utilities, and financials. Find me online at robblackshow.com.
1: Don't want to work forever? Check out the retirement planning guide on robblack.com. That's robblack.com, powered by EP Wealth.
2: It's Fed Day. And on Wall Street, that means that 6% inflation number that we got last month is uncomfortably high. We're going to hear a lot from the Fed today, and the conference call, not the conference call, but the press meeting afterwards will be a doozy because they're juggling different scenarios than they were a month ago. Now they've raised interest rates so far so high. Some banks that are typically pretty conservative started taking a little bit more risk to get better yields. And I'm not talking about a lot of risk, but a little bit of risk when you will need a cash equivalent and then you go something like a year out and cash is supposed to be liquid. And if you're going six months out, a year out, year and a half out, oof, that's not giving you a lot of wiggle room. If there's a run on the money and there was a run on the money. One of the things I could tell you that with Silicon Valley bank failing, I've been doing a lot of work on FDIC insured commercial banks I looked back at a chart from 2000 to 2021 and the number of FDIC insured commercial banks in the United States has fallen from 8,300 in 20, 2000 all the way down to 4,200. Let's call that roughly half. A little less than roughly half, but you get the idea that what we're talking about here is, is banking's not sexy right now and banking is consolidating. And that gives you and me, the consumer, fewer choices. And so now you can count one more, two more FDIC insured banks off the list. Let's talk about stocks to own that are positioned for long-term gains. Because now we're talking about inflation being stubbornly high, potentially for two, three years. Interest rates staying, I'm not going to say stubbornly high, in a more normalized area for maybe five, ten years. And a banking crisis that could tie up lending, tighten, tighten, not completely ruin it. If you've got good credit and you've got some money involved in the project, you'll probably be able to borrow money. But if you're looking for free money or cheap money and you don't really deserve it or your business idea is a little wackadoodle, like you want to own a fixer-upper home, they're going to say, you know, nah, we're not going to value that in a million. We're going to say what it is, what it is. It's a $400,000 home. You can't tell me it's a million-dollar home until you fix it up. So if you want a loan, it's beyond be on 400000 So risk will take uh, a tightening, a turn to the screw. So you got a lot to think about when you're starting to pick up stocks. Um, some names that I like right now has ideas and I always like having ideas. I like Google, uh, also known as Alphabet. a broker advisor for taking action in any stocks ever on the show. You know what's likable by Wall Street? What is likable by Wall Street is that they have a lot of people they can fire. Reading some of the reports out of Amazon, they were hiring, hiring managers were hiring people and just putting them in like in closets. They didn't know what they had to do with them. And you're like, that seems a little, how shall we say, poorly run company. I like Blackstone. Historically, this has been a $140 stock. It's currently at 86 I think it's a lot closer to a bottom of 76 than a high of $135. they are one of those evil companies, though. Where you're like, do you need to own all the real estate? Do you need to own everything? And there's kind of a moo ha 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 moment. So I'm talking about stocks that could outperform inflation right now. Costco. In troubling times and in inflation times and recessionary times, people want their money to go further. So instead of buying twelve rolls of toilet paper, they'll gladly buy forty eight rolls of toilet paper. Thank you, Costco. Cost per wipe goes way down when you buy in bulk. And Costco is the king of bulk. Other names I kind of like, I like Eli Lilly. You hear a lot about weight loss drugs right now. This is a stock that looks like it put in a bottom a couple of weeks ago at $320. It's currently at $328. Pays a nice dividend. Uh, is it bulletproof? No. Drug companies have an issue where they come up with a drug and they get a patent on it. And that patent will last a period of time, like seven years. And then the generic version of it can be sold or created. It's an orphan status. And what they need to do to keep the pipeline going is they need to buy some biotech companies. They need to invest in biotech and hit the right home run. Pharmaceuticals are using Um, very old school medicines to formulate their drugs. Whereas biotech companies are using DNA modified mRNA kind of solutions. So pharmaceuticals use molecular science. Whereas biotech, generally speaking, have moved on to DNA science. Pretty cool. Estee Lauder is a play that always makes the list of stocks to buy or stocks to consider during a recession. And again, we're not technically in one yet. We have too many jobs. But as the Fed continues to fight inflation, they continue to make the borrowing costs higher and they eliminate speculation. It's eliminating speculation. If I'm not going to be buying a new home, I'm certainly not going to be paying painters to paint it, right? So Estee Lauder is a play on women and feeling beautiful and makeup there's a thing that goes on with social media every now and then like look how brave gwyneth paltrow is not wearing makeup she's so beautiful she doesn't even need makeup and you're like oh I'll click on that or sarah jessica parker without makeup and it's a picture of the kentucky horse a kentucky derby winner and you're like that's not nice but it's funny it's funny So makeup is always going to be around. In my opinion, good economies, bad economies. ExxonMobil, it's interesting the way the stock has fallen as oil has fallen. If you think oil is hitting a bottom in the 60s, then you'd say ExxonMobil looks attractive. Maybe not forever. We're moving towards more electric vehicles, I think. Intuitive Surgical makes the list. J.P. Morgan Chase. Who else makes the list? Lululemon, Athletica. That is a stock not for the weak of heart. But if you look at the chart, it feels to me that it's... um, looks like it's bottoming. I still like MasterCard. I still like Visa for the long-term patient investor. Microsoft makes billions of dollars and has billions of dollars. Nike had a very nice quarter. Um, I like buying Nike on 20 to 30% pullbacks because historically it gives you 20 to 30% pullbacks. I still like McDonald's. A company that does storage that I haven't figured out where I'm at with right now is Prologis. <laughs> they own real estate where you store stuff and buildings that are used for commercial use. Interesting. We'll talk about that one in the near future, but not today. I'm Rob Black. Find me at robblackshow.com.
1: You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. One
2: of the cooler things I learned this morning, doing a little bit of work on Ozempic, is that gila monsters, venom, was found to be a compound that can regulate hunger. And that's what is going into weight loss drugs, the research on gila monsters think i'm saying that correctly and if i'm not it's even funnier join me now patrick o'hare with briefing.com a reliable source of domestic and international use that you can use i've been using briefing.com for 20 plus years crazy how time flies and what a great resource patrick o'hare joins me to talk a little bit about the business and the economy and i guess today we have that big old fed meeting the meeting to end all meetings the mother of all meetings or is it just another meeting mr o'hare where stand you
3: Good morning, Rob. Yeah, oh that uh, that FOMC thing today. It's uh, Yeah. Yeah, it is a big it is a big big meeting um because well, I don't even know if I have to say because I think everyone's well aware you know why uh why there's going to be a lot of attention on not only just the interest rate decision but um probably more importantly what Fed Chair Powell says at his press conference not only in terms of his own thinking, but in terms of what the journalists are going to be asking him about, uh, because I suspect uh, that wrote my page one column this morning, is kind of going to be like a live fire drill on him, knowing that, uh, you know, he was teasing the idea of a 50 basis point rate hike, possibly at the March meeting, and then know, 72 hours later, you had a, you know, SVB financial collapse. Uh, And then another bank over the weekend, uh, that that weekend, uh, get taken over by regulators. So there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. And the market is is desperately trying to get a line on uh, whether the Fed is at a point here where it might be done or it's not close to done with its tightening cycle and when it might then Uh, contemplate the notion of a, of a pivot to a, of a rate cut cycle.
2: So the conventional wisdom or just the polling that we see around with economists and CNBC and the Bloomberg's, the world, they're expecting a 25 basis point cut sticking to the script, but also opening up the narrative to a lot of stuff is happening. We promise not to, we promise to pay attention to it. Um, Trying to be conscious of the banking world, but also be conscious that inflation is the worst boogeyman or the worser of the two between uh, options at this point of to raise or not to raise. Is that kind of what you're expecting? Just a more communicative Fed, a wide open Fed, wide eyes open Fed and maybe 25 basis points? Or do you see any chance of 50 or or zero?
3: Right. Yeah, Um, I I think it had indicated uh, by mistake not by design that they were going to the expectations for a 25 basis point cut uh but um it's actually you know uh for a 25 basis point increase that's um, is the prevailing expectation right now and uh, and i do think that that's that's likely what we will see um okay you know the, the fed uh is still obviously trying to be strongly committed to getting the inflation target back down, you know, or not the inflation target, but inflation back down to target at 2%. And, um, and I think that, you know, it sees what's going on in the Fed funds futures market and it's basically be given, been given an opening, I think, to go ahead and raise rates again, uh, given the prevailing expectation there. So it can come across as, you know, kind of communicating a rate hike without necessarily, quote, you know, surprising uh, the market. And I think it would like to take that opportunity to do that, knowing that uh, inflation is still a problem. Um, You know, the February CPI report was better than feared, but you're still looking at, you know, total CPI up 6% year over year. Core CPI up, you know, uh, 5.5% year over year. Services inflation up 7.6% year over year. Um, you know, and so you take you know rent of shelter out of services inflation you're up six point nine percent year over year so uh we haven't you know we haven't killed that boogeyman yet um, and I think that the Fed is really conscious of uh of its mandate in that regard that it needs to you know get inflation back down to two percent and um you know obviously walking a fine line here because you know the market's obviously a little nervous that maybe this banking situation could be a much bigger problem than it is. Uh, and so if the Fed does nothing here, uh, then it might go ahead and read between the lines and thinking that it is, in fact, a, bi- a much bigger problem. But uh, but I think from the Fed's vantage point, if it feels like it's used its tools effectively to ring fence this, is- this issue, um, it will press ahead with a 25 basis point rate hike today.
2: I was speaking with another strategist recently, and I think the question came up in my head of how do you think the regulators are doing with the current crisis? And I hate using the word crisis, but how do you think the regulators are doing with the current scenarios where Silicon Valley Bank had to fail or failed? And another one fell shortly thereafter, and then you saw a big one in Europe get gobbled up. Uh, The banking industry is it seems to be operating smoothly, even in times of distress, and again, I don't want to use the word crisis, it's overused.
3: Yeah, and in fact, the big picture column I wrote on Friday, you know, I I, I said banking crisis only because the Fed triggered its systemic risk exception to guarantee all depositors at Silicon Valley Bank and, and Signature Bank, so by definition, I guess you would have to call it a crisis. But I know what you're saying. It's like um, it's it, it's nowhere near, you know, the financial crisis that we saw in 2008, 2009. But clearly, there are some liquidity issues that are, you know, um, been tough to bear for some of these banks. And and I think, you know, the the key thing with a with a banking problem, if you will, you know, confidence is key. And and when you lose confidence. Um, you know, you can have all of the defenses you like saying how well capitalized you are and whatnot. But if you get a deposit run, you've got some major issues. Yeah. And, and that's what, you know, everything needs to calm down on that front. And then, it, you know, you won't see a, you know, a larger systemic issue. You might see just the ripple effect of banks now being more conscientious about risk management um, and also, uh, perhaps trying, you know, getting out in front of stemming any deposit runs by raising the rates they pay their depositors, and so that's going to, you know, curtail some of their profitability. And and uh, you know, and, 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 and you know, on the margin, you're not going to see the same level of credit extension that you would have perhaps seen, you know, two weeks ago. It's just, uh, I mean, it's kind of the writings on the wall in that respect. So there will be a an adverse economic impact, but the $64,000 question right now is, you know, to what extent? And, um, you know, and I don't know if even the Fed has a good sense of that right now, which, you know, which is why, you know, you can make a case that it makes sense that after a rate hike today that the Fed does, Get back and assess things a little bit further because you know everything is still really fresh when you think about it. You know, it was March 8th uh, when the SVB financial thing kind of hit the scene. Um, you know, it's two weeks later, right? Um, there's no way we're going to get a, a clear sense as to what the true impact is, and um, you know, and I think the Fed would probably do well after today's rate hike to pause and and let things uh, kind of like take things in more fully. Uh, so that it makes a better and even you know more informed decision when it meets again uh, after this March meeting.
2: That was very thoughtful the way you presented that information. Thank you. What else is there that we're working on? Because we got to move past the Fed. I'm not saying I, it's not important to me, but it, it seems to do a disservice to listeners and viewers out there to say it's all about the Fed, only about the Fed. Um, are you seeing anything positive in earnings? Anything uh, interesting in mergers and acquisitions? Anything coming across your uh, desk that you think is compelling to talk about?
3: I was going to joke that if it's not about the Fed, then let's talk about the European Central Bank. <laughs> <laughs> funny, <laughs> I, I like it. <laughs> or the Bank of England, which you know meets tomorrow after on the heels of a really hot CPI report out of the UK. So,
2: but well, we won't. Well, would, we that be won't a, would that be? Let's fair. Let's let's hit it real quick. Europe has worse inflation okay. than the United States um, right. if we were to rate things. So you go ahead.
3: Well, I mean, you know, look, you got 10 percent plus CPI inflation in, in the United Kingdom. Right. Uh-huh. Should the sure. Bank of England really kind of take a step back here and pause? I don't think so. You know, that's a that's a, a pretty high inflation rate, if you will. And that kind of goes to show that there's still more work to be done there. And. Um, and I think even what we heard out of Lagarde earlier today, too, about saying inflation is still high. I don't think that uh, she's convinced necessarily that the ECB's job is done either. Um, and and this could be the, 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 the risk for the market in coming months here, right? If we get the Fed communicating a potential pause here in the near term um, and, you know, everyone is kind of like breathes a sigh of relief and we see a rallying stock market as a result of that and, and things calm down, uh, but inflation remains sticky. We're going to be right back in the same boat several months down the road with the Fed, with the fear of the Fed, you know, moving higher than expected and staying higher for longer than expected. And so something to keep an eye on in that respect. So I'm sorry to have to bring it back to the Fed, but it is so central really to, uh, to the market action in the, in the short term here anyway. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see what we hear today
2: i enjoyed that um because you're right i am making it about me and i'm like the united states we can we could use a break but then you factor in 10 percent inflation in europe and that's just it's not going to work <clears throat> it's a tough environment to say the least how about outside of the fed and interest rates um moving forward uh, i saw nike had a very nice quarter uh well mm. looks like we're out of time so we're gonna have to pick this up next week sorry Um, I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. He is Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com, a reliable source of domestic and international news that you can use. I start my day every day with his page one. I end it with his big picture column. Sometimes when the content's a little dry on the show, I'll go to Briefing and see what they're looking at. Uh, With that said, I use it. Solid. Check it out. Briefing.com.
1: This interview featured on The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more at RobBlack.com.
2: Starbucks has an olive oil infused coffee spreading into a couple more locations this week. It was pretty interesting. I was one of those days off a couple of weeks ago. And I'm watching uh Good Morning America's on the television and Michael Strahan's being forced to drink Starbucks coffee with olive oil in it. And he made the typical, ooh, I don't really like that face. And uh I just couldn't get over the slick packaging. So I see this when you see Good Morning America or any TV show and they're like, this week, Starbucks is introducing olive oil to their products. And you see the barista taking an order from someone who's friendly and then they make a hot cup of coffee in the video and then they add, you know, olive oil and like they show you olives in Italy. And I was just like, wow. If I were at good morning America and I woke up at three in the morning, trying to put together a show that's going to launch in an hour or two. And I was giving video from Starbucks. So the camera doesn't always have to be on Michael Strahan. So the camera doesn't always have to be on somebody. And the the video, I didn't have to send a cameraman out to Starbucks to get video of, of them making coffee. Cameramans cost money. So just so you know, having worked and having worked in newsroom and still working in a newsroom, there's a little bit of an issue of we get a lot of free videos sent to us every single night, midnight the next morning you come in and you go, let's see what free videos we have. What's going to be the news today. And you kind of build your rundown based on the good videos that you can easily pull. And it could be literally a mudslide in San Luis Obispo where you're getting that from a San Luis Obispo station. But the Starbucks stuff is pretty beautiful when they send it out. I'm bringing that up there for you as There's a lot of PR in news. I don't think that there's as much evil in news as you think Republican versus Democrat. I think a lot of producers look at the video feeds that come in overnight and we go, huh? Well, you know, what's going to be in the third segment? What's going to be in the fourth segment? And I don't want to talk about Starbucks and olive oil in their coffee. Is that a big enough story? It's cute. It shows you that Wall Street's about product. It shows you that you know uh, a marketing campaign needs to be built around it sh- to show us Italy and the initial olietto lineup of drinks infuses olive oil into Starbucks Cafe Latte, ice shaken espresso and cold foam. Uh, the olive oil is steamed with oat milk for the latte, shaken in the iced espresso drink and infused in vanilla sweet cream foam to create the golden foam that tops the cold the cold brews. Now again not my thing i just like a cup of black black coffee no sugar no cream that should sell me enough but wall street sometimes wants to see hey starbucks what are you doing to get a new customers what are you getting in to get the ticket higher when i worked in the restaurant industry in college um managers would start every friday night meeting by saying you know whoever sells the most desserts whoever upsells the most gets 20 bucks or 25 bucks for 50 bucks. So every table you went to that night as a waiter, you'd make sure, can I get you dessert? And it's not that the waiter likes you and he wants you to linger. He wants the higher ticket price. So that's what the company wants, right? Norfolk Southern CEO Alan Shaw has testified on rail safety. Was, that's never good when you're in front of Congress and your company did something bad it's going to be that way today for fed chairman Jerome Powell. take a look at the market today around uh, around 11 o'clock you're going to see that the last previous hour 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock pacific time that there was a lot going on sometimes we run up and uh, fall apart into the fed make market decision sometimes we, we we tentatively wait and then we we blow out like a cannon I, I have no clue. I think this price increase is—is is, if they just do that, the market's gonna work. But if they talk for twenty minutes about how inflation's not coming down fast enough and we have to stay higher longer, if they get into a lot of that content, that may discourage market participants. Again, the first segment of the show, I talked about how I think you're going to be dealing with higher inflation. For a longer period of time, we don't get back to 2% anytime soon. And I think we're dealing with higher interest rates and not emergency interest rates, which we got used to in the last 10 years due to the pandemic, due to weak economies, where the Fed lowered the cost of borrowing to basically zero. Not zero, but just a skosh above. And that's not healthy in the long term. In the short term, when the pandemic hit, you don't want people panicking. And you go, look, here's some money. You can pay your bills. Um, Be happy with it. But I think we kept it there too long. Wanting to come out of the pandemic and not to slip. I think we kept interest rates too low. Will we get back to our all-time highs? We will. Uh, A microcosm of that is two weeks ago, Silicon Valley Bank imploded on March 8th. By March 21st, the markets were already above where they were on March 8th doesn't prove anything, but one year of interest rate hikes is starting to be felt. The Fed's kept its benchmark rate near zero since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. This time last year, they started pushing those rates higher. So in March 2022, an effort to slow the economy and cool inflation, the Fed raised interest rates 25 basis points, going from 25 to 50. That was one year ago. It was the first of eight hikes that have pushed the benchmark rate up to 4.5 to 4.75 a lot of people believe the fed has to go up to five maybe above five the intended result has been achieved quickly inflation as a measure of the consumer price index has shrunk from 8.5 percent down to six percent but that's still a long way if in one year we've gone from 8.5 down to six that's a long way from two percent which is the number that the fed technically wants to get to. So we'll talk about what the Fed does today, tomorrow. Tell friends, pass the word. Thanks very much. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Tell friends about the show and sign up for the free newsletter at robblackshow.com.
1: For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com